Today, Appy, we are going to the Great Bubble Museum. It has bubbles of all kinds. Of all kinds? Isn't there only one? The soap bubble? No, child. There is so much more to bubbles than that. It is so important in science that you wouldn't believe it. Important in science? Mom, are you joking? Just like you, everyone believed that bubbles are only for kids. But it was after 1920 when bubbles became an important field of study. And you know what? Instead of me telling you, the guides at the Bubble Museum can explain the story of bubbles better. Let's go. Welcome everyone to the greatest and only bubble museum in the world. I am your guide, Dolan, and today I will show you everything about bubbles I can. First around the corner is the portrait of the one and only Mary Curie. She is best known for her... Hey, Appy. Are you talking to me? How is that possible? You're a portrait. Yes, Appy. I am talking to you. What? I have superpowers, but I'm a bit confused. About what, my dear? I'm pretty sure you're in the field of radioactivity. So why are you in the bubble museum? Yes, dear, you are right. I did study radioactivity, but not many know, now or before, not even me, that one of the most radioactive elements, radon, actually came in the form of bubbles. The credit of this discovery goes to Ernest Rutherford, and I think he's the one who can explain this best. Wake up, Ernie. Again, Mary? You woke me up again. What could you possibly need? Did you see one of the, an- another one of those uh, those talking books? You mean phones? Is that what they are called? Forgive me, I am quite fascinated by them. Mary, why did you wake me up? This, man, this young man over here is quite interested in bubbles, am I right? Yep. And he would like to know how you made one of the greatest discoveries. Mary, it's not that great. And about the discovery, I wasn't alone. My lab mate, Frederick Soddy, played a huge role in the discovery as well. It all started when I was doubtful about pure radioactivity and wondered, is it an element itself? Let us go back in time to show it all to you. Back in time? What are you talking about? What has happened now? Oh look, it's a younger me. So now look at that. After all the wondering, I decided to check the theory myself. I put a piece of radioactive metal in a closed container and let it decay. Then, I drew the bubbles of the gas from the metal and put it in a flask. Soon, we proved the bubbles were in fact right on. And because the sample beneath the inverted beaker got smaller in exactly the same proportion as the radon sample grew in volume, we realized that that one element actually changed into the other. Not only did we find a new element, we discovered that as elements decayed, they could jump around the periodic table, and they could skip across boxes on the table. This change from one element into another is called transmutation. It was thrilling, but also presented a problem. Science had spent a huge amount of time and effort discrediting those those old chemical magicians, the alchemists, who claimed that they could turn lead into gold. And here we're saying that yes, something like that seemed possible. This means science is just like magic, right? Yes, dear, but next what the next what they did was even better. They saw how the helium glows. Is that like the neon lights me and mom saw in Tokyo? You're absolutely right. The particles escaping the radioactive material called alpha particles were actually helium. After Ernie discovered this, he not only won a Nobel Prize, he also got an element named after him, number 104, Rutherfordium. But I still don't know how bubble science became popular. Quiet. We were getting to that. It was Lord Kelvin, a famous physicist, who once said he could spend a lifetime scrutinizing a soap bubble. 
He was a unique lad. Haven't seen anyone like him since. Soon, his work inspired bubble science in future generations too. Biologist D.R.C. Wentworth Thompson applied Kelvin's ideas about bubble formation to soil development in his hugely important 1917 book on growth and form. The modern field of cell biology began at this point. My mom once told me that bubbles could be the cause for life itself. Can you believe that? She may be right, son. It's believed that the first complex organic molecules may have formed not in the ocean, as is commonly thought, but in water bubbles trapped in Arctic-like sheets of ice. Water is quite heavy, and when it freezes, it crushes together dissolved impurities such as organic molecules inside the bubbles. The concentration and compression in, the, in those bubbles may have been enough to fuse those molecules into living cells. That is so interesting. But what happened next? I think my dear friend Rayleigh would explain it the best. I present to you Lord Rayleigh, one of the greatest British scientists. Mary, it's been a while. Why did you call me here? It was to explain to Appy your discoveries. Hello, Appy. I see you're quite interested in science. After biologist D.R.C. Wentworth Thompson applied Kelvin's ideas about bubble formation to cell development in his hugely important 1917 book on growth and form, I realized that the reason submarine propellers were disintegrating, although the rest of the hull was intact, because bubbles produced by the propellers would turn around and attack it the way sugars attacks our teeth. Yeah, Mom. Always saying that sugar is not good for your teeth. Wait, where's Mom? She would be wondering where I went. You're right. Let's go back. Mom, there you are. I hope you didn't worry about me. What are you talking about, Appy? Why would I be worried? Because I was gone. What do you mean? You were right here. What? You didn't notice me gone? I think you're tired, Appy. You were just now talking to a portrait. We should go home. Come on. But I love bubbles. Let's hear the hear the guide. Fine. Here he is. After Lord Rayleigh.